Hello and welcome to Early Doors episode 8 and I'm in room 23 with the Physics Club. Uh, so welcome to Physics Club. Um, can I just ask Liam first of all, Liam, tell me about Physics Club and why we're all here. Uh, so it's just, you know, a gathering of A-level physics students and GCSE students and pretty much anybody who wants to come and we get students to present ideas and teachers uh, give lectures and stuff about stuff that we won't be covering in our courses and it's really just an interesting place to talk about physics. Sounds really good, sounds really good. Uh, what would the collective noun for a physicist be? Uh, loners? Like <laughs> loners. A nerd. A nerd, a nerd, a nerd of yeah. physicists. A nerd of physicists. It's so, like herd but better. Yeah. yeah, okay, I like that. Actually, that could work. A nerd of physicists. Actually, you, I think you're really cool. Thanks. So let's get that out of the way right now. Physics is cool. Mrs. Fairchild, just tell us a bit about why you set this up and what you're hoping to get from this from this session. Well, we've got limited time in our physics lessons, and physics is one of those fantastic subjects that explores all sorts of different things, which we don't always get to speak about when we're covering the, the curriculum. Um, so we set up this club to come cover some of the big questions that are out there, some of the interesting things that students might have heard of in the news. It's a chance to talk about them. Sounds brilliant. And actually, I've got to say for the listeners out there, there are literally hundreds of physicists in this room. They can't all squeeze in. They're squeezing at the doors. It is very busy in here. So it's clearly meeting a need. So we're going to talk about some of these big questions. What is, we're going to try and crack a, few, crack a few difficult nuts today. What's the first one? Okay, so today we're going to be talking about time and answering some big questions about time. Is it real? When did time begin? What's time dilation? Can we time travel? Can we see back in time? So I thought I'd start by asking Jason. So according to physics, when did time begin? Time began 13.7 billion years ago, approximately. And how it happened was it was a really hot, like singular point where all the mass was concentrated. And then eventually it was like 300 million degrees Celsius there. And then it had one big explosion. It was massive. It was expanding at the speed of light. But it wasn't like normal explosions in on Earth and stuff where it's like a, it travels through the air and it causes destruction. Instead, because there was no space back then, it was actually forming the space. And that caused the universe to expand and it started cooling down as it was expanding. And then that created all the space for the universe to actually inherit. That was an incredibly um, tight definition. I think for those of us who maybe aren't physicists, is there a, a metaphor or an image you might be able to was, was like, this thing hotter than a Pop-Tart? <laughs> you uh, say it was like a balloon, like filling up a balloon yeah. from the start when it was just empty. The universe was just like a shriveled up balloon and then the explosion with all the mass all of a sudden expanding outwards caused the balloon just to expand rapidly and it just kept getting larger and larger. But that's, it that's a really good metaphor. And so is that balloon still growing? It's still growing. It's, it's slowing down, but uh, actually I think it's still speeding up to grow. Now make your mind up. Is it slowing down or growing <laughs> up? Okay, well we don't know yet. We're not, can we prove it? It's all just theoretical physics. Do, I think phase shift of light. If you look at red light from a very far away galaxy, you can see how much it's shifted and you can see that like it's getting farther away. Right, I, I, I'm going to stick with the balloon thing because <laughs> that as a concept was something that I think the listeners will understand. That was really, really well put. Thank you. So we have this balloon of, of time expanding infinitely into 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 creating space itself. Creating space itself. Okay. Mm, yeah. So important to be you know accurate with our terms. Should we just look at another concept? And we have actually a special guest at Physics Club today, do we not? Uh, sitting here, eating a muffin, reading a volume of poetry. Um, <laughs> Mr. Beckett. 
Is there anything at the moment that you've heard that you'd like to contribute a different perspective on? Uh, well, I, I imagine I'm possibly swayed by the physicists, to be quite frank. I mean, I've heard other theories, of course, but uh, I've been reading a lot of a, a physicist called Carlo Rovelli, who's an Italian uh, physicist who's, who's very popular at the moment. Uh, and uh, I think both uh, myself and Ms. Fairchild have been reading uh, some of his work. And Carlo Rovelli's theory, uh, and what I thought we might discuss today, is uh, that actually time in any meaningful concrete sense uh, is, is not real in any, in any sense that we are comfortable with. And he comes to a very uncomfortable conclusion that uh, time itself is uh, a mere human construct, a way of measuring the entropy, the, the change that's uh, taking place in, in our universe that's expanding. You used a very technical word there, entropy. I'm sorry. And that's okay. No, I'm happy with that. Um, that made sense to me. Does anybody want to pitch in with, with that? Maybe about, what entropy means. Well, entropy. I'll start with anybody want to define entropy for our listeners. Uh, Liam? Well, it just means literally a change in a state of anything, of matter. Um, it can be of energy. Um, and he's sort of saying that we use time as a way to interpret data and our surroundings and how things change. But really, it doesn't really exist. It's not a fluid concept. Okay. Does this relate to the fact that when I was in school, let's not talk about time too pejoratively here, but when I was in school, thank you very much, Bill. When I was in school, time passed more slowly in physics lessons than it did. I think that's more of a you problem, honestly. Uh, Okay. Yeah, it may well be the case. But so time is relative, time is what perception, time is organised into neat bite-sized chunks that we can understand, Mr Beckett? Well, theoretically, time is actually uh, granular as opposed to uh, fluid in terms of it it being very much measurable by the individual. And you said that time felt slower when you were at school. And that's actually, uh, there's good reason for that um, in a a perception sense, but also in a very real physical sense in that uh, if you are staying still, uh, you will experience more time than somebody who is who is moving. Um, and that's quite an interesting concept that Ravelli talks about that I think one of our physics students has been looking at. Okay, let's move on then to that very neat little segue into Heather. Heather, can you just build on that, please? Um, well, the idea of time dilation. Um, so when, you, when you're travelling really fast or fast in relation to somebody who's still still, you experience time more slowly than they do. So if you had, um, there's, a, there's an analogy that's used, which is the twin analogy, where one identical twin stays on Earth, another identical twin goes in a spaceship, a theoretical spaceship, and goes close to the speed of light. When they come back to Earth, they haven't aged at all, because it's just been like an hour in a spaceship. Um, but their, their twin has aged like several years, because going up to the speed of, close to the speed of light, time slows down for you, but it stays at the same speed at the same rate for the person who's not going at the speed of light. Okay. Well, that, that was really well explained. Does that, is that start from the basis of the car in Back to the Future, the DeLorean? Is, <laughs> is that something that that whole film is based upon? Um, I don't know. I'm not... I'm I need not... that explained to me. <laughs> there, were, there, there were three of them, and I didn't quite get any of them, but is that something... You, have you seen those films? Sort of. I don't really... I don't know the exact workings of the DeLorean. Okay, you can say you weren't born before they were made. That's fine. Um, does anybody want to pitch in with that? Thank you. About, about time and the way that, that time travel might, might work. Anybody want to come in there? Matt? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, well, I'm going to sort of bring in a partly new idea looking, looking at time and how more into sort of 
in a way, time travel uh, and being able to look back in time as opposed to physically going back in time. And it's, I mean, it's really not too complex a topic when you break it down, but time, like light, when we, what we used to see, isn't instant. It's got a speed of 300 million meters per second, um, which, I mean, it is very fast relative to what, was, uh, what we actually see, you know, we barely noticed it. However, we're still seeing stuff back in time because we cannot see stuff instantly. Okay, so hang on a second. I saw Mr. Mr. Beckett's muffin just a minute ago. Uh, that muffin is now smaller. Gone. Uh, it's gone, actually. Can we explain that in terms of time and relativity and things? Or yeah, sure, yeah. So, I mean, looking, if, when we look directly at the muffin, it's what? Five five meters away at the moment. Yeah, gotcha, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Or from uh, from well, me, it's about five meters away. Yeah, we're actually seeing it. I'm not exactly sure the the exact metric, but a certain amount of uh, uh like a certain amount of time. It's muffinness. Yes, it's been transmitted at a different rate, perhaps than we would naturally than we would understand. Yes, immediately. Okay. Yes. All right. Is and muffinness a physics? It's a physics term. Could it could it be added? Much, uh, yeah. That wasn't. Yeah. Could it be? I, I had this textbook at school. Muffinness never appeared in that. I mean, I use it daily. Good. <laughs> good. Good. I, I get what you're saying. Though. It's quite hard conceptually, isn't it, for us to come to terms with these um, ideas because we just experience things as we experience them. We aren't always on this cusp of explaining um, uh, the world that we inhabit. Physicists can do that. That's what I love about physicists. They can explain stuff. They know how things work. Um, we're going to move quickly on maybe to our last area um, and just get somebody else to contribute to. We're looking at the stars now. Special. Yeah, or Mr. Long. I was just going to add to that. Mr. Long. I had a, had a student at learn school ask me a question in class. Science of the Blue, as they obviously had a, a wild thought. They said, if we put the big mirror in space, could we look back at ourselves in the past? So if we put a mirror out in space, and we looked at the light coming from the mirror that's directly pointing at Earth. Could we look at a reflection of our past? Uh, you're asking me that question? Good uh, question. Who's got, an, who's got an answer to that question? Matt, do you want to come in on that? Uh, yeah. Ready? Well, I think if I use a, a slightly different example to explain it, but if we put a mirror 65 million light years away from the Earth, uh, if if our sort of knowledge of, let's say, the dinosaurs, for example, is true that they, they went extinct around 65 million years ago, then we could actually see, reflecting back at us, the light uh, showing the dinosaurs living on the Earth. Because right. the, the amount of time it does take for... Uh, is that why, when I look in the mirror, um, when I'm having a mind trip on my beard, that I'm looking at a dinosaur? I'm afraid not, so that's, uh, that's no. just you. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> All right, okay, well, look, um, that's been... And amazing. I mean, we've only, we've only scratched the surface of this club and it's, um, it's power, it's brain power. Mr. Beckett, are there any final words from you that might help us to comprehend and to put some of these concepts into a humanist arena? Well, well I, I suppose the, the real question is whether it, whether it matters at all. It's all based down to human experience and, and you know, we, can, we can discover some quite alarming things in, in the realms of physics that may well be true, but whether it matters and whether our experience alters as a result of that is, uh, is something that could perhaps comfort us. Well, I think on that note, we should conclude this discussion because that might be a separate subject for another conversation, I think. It's a nice little segue into another podcast. Uh, thank you all for, for joining. Can you all just say um, hello to the podcast? I'm hoping you can actually be convinced that everyone is here. 
So, uh, oh, Billy, goodbye. Goodbye to everybody from Physics Club. Oh, that's how many were here, really. They were dead quiet, but they are all here. Um, and we will come back. Thank you, Mr. That's fantastic. What a, what a great club. And this nerd of physicists um, are a beacon, I think, of, uh, of learning at, at Churston. And they're nearly as cool as Mr. Trokes's bridge club. Oh, yeah. that's, that's pretty cool. Well, thank you for letting me come, and we will um, talk again. Thank you so much. Bye, everybody. Bye. 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 Welcome back to this newsy part of the podcast with some arts news now, now following on from that science bit, the brilliant Affinity students, fantastic. Scarlett Howard in our year 13 has written a play called White Moon. She's written and directed this play and it's all at the Palace Theatre during our term on the 25th and 26th of February. If you go to the Palace Theatre and Paynton's website, you will see the details. Do go along and have a look. Lovely theatre and, wow, year 13, writing and directing your own play, amazing. Speaking of talent, we have also got our next production underway and the drama team and Cal in particular coordinating the dance show entitled Rhythm is a Dancer and that's on uh, at school on the 27th and 28th of April and those tickets are available on Parent Pay. I recommend you get on there quickly because they will be snapped up and that should be a fantastic show. And the other thing I wanted to say was that if you go to our website you will see that now we have the Week in Pictures on the website which gives you a visual insight into what's happening at Churston. So you get this podcast and you get the pictures. Wow, uh, there's so much going on. And finally, thank you to Mrs. Field, who's written to me recently to say that she's enjoyed the podcast and that the students are indeed the stars. Could not agree more. They're so, so articulate. And I promise you, none of this stuff is particularly scripted. It's a structure, but the young people come out with this stuff. It is amazing. I'm very proud of them. Keep the feedback coming in, constructive or otherwise. It's all information. And any ideas you've got for future episodes or things you'd like to find out a bit more about for Churston. And the young people are coming forward with ideas now, which is what this has been all about. So, yeah, I'm kind of happy about the way things have been going. And it's been an excellent half term. We've got some really great things done. And spring is on its way. So all it remains for me to say is have a wonderful half term. Have a great break. And we'll see you in the second half of the spring term. See you soon.